Hey, what's up, guys? Real quick, I've been working really hard to amplify my social media presence recently, and recently just started diving into Instagram, which has actually been a ton of fun. It's a cool platform for connecting with y'all in just a more personal way. So if you, we aren't already connected on Instagram, let's change that. You can find me at the Anthony Vecino. So go go connect. Let's do it. All right, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to talk about real estate investing because truthfully, the the two things that changed the trajectory of my life financially was entrepreneurship, starting a business, and then two, investing in real estate. And for a long time, real estate, what's really interesting, actually, before I even share that story, what's really interesting about real estate for me is that I had many interactions with it throughout my life, but for whatever reason, it just never clicked or dawned on me that this was a viable path for me. It felt insurmountable. It felt daunting. It felt overwhelming or just felt lame and boring and stupid. Something for other people to do, but not for me. And so the first experience that I had with real estate was in college, my roommate and his dad were buying single family homes. And so I would live with him and we would do the construction together. And and really, that was my first experience with real estate investing. But through that experience, I I just learned that I hate construction. And I think this is a lot of people's first experience with uh, real estate investing because they see it on like HGTV with those shows where they're... And they're going in and they're fixing up a house, they make it better and then they sell it, right? And so a lot of people, that's what they think of when they think of real estate investing. And for me, that's what it was for a long time because we did a number of those and I was like, I don't like this. I don't like real estate. That's what I thought. I didn't like real estate. And then it wasn't until a number of years later that a friend came to me and he was buying these quads and he invited me to invest with him. And this was pretty passive, just give him some money to go buy them and do the thing. I said, cool, let's let's do that. And this was before I even really knew anything about real estate or why it was a a good opportunity or anything like that. I hadn't done research, I hadn't really educated myself. I was just, um, I was like, yeah, real estate, I've heard of that, people do that, right? But it wasn't until after I started getting some some success with my businesses, started generating you know money, that I was asking the people in my life, what should I do with this? Like, how do I set myself up for the future? And the answer that these these people would give me almost always revolved around buy assets, physical assets, if you can, aka real estate. And so that's what I started doing. That's how I got into my first triplex and why I started getting into it. And then from there, we started scaling. And you know, the story now is we we have a lot of real estate, which is really crazy to think about. Um, but I want to share with you guys, if you're not, if you're new to real estate investing or the concept of it, and you're still where I was at the beginning of my journey, where I think it's overwhelming, it's daunting, can't do it, and not even sure what all the benefits necessarily are. Um, I want to start talking a little bit more about real estate here with you guys. I do have another podcast entirely that me and my partner Dan do called Multifamily Investing Made Simple. Highly recommend you check that out. We have 350 plus episodes. We've been doing it for a number of years now. We also wrote a book, Passive Investing Made Simple. And so for those that don't know, that is like where I make the majority of my 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 money. That's where my time goes these days is to building Invictus Capital in the real estate side of things. Um, you might see me put out a lot of content, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of you know podcast episodes. But this is not where I make my money. Like my money is made through real estate and through um, owning a real estate investing private equity company. So what I want to share here is five ways that you get paid when in, when you invest in real estate. And I think this is really important to understand this concept. When you understand the different ways that you can make money in real estate investing, you start to understand why it's such a powerful vehicle. And that's all I want to do today is I want to open the door to help you explore and understand why real estate investing is the preferred investment vehicle for 
90% of wealthy people, why it's where they put their money. So the five ways that you can make money in real estate, you have your cash flow, you have appreciation, you have your taxes, you have your debt pay down, and you have fees. So let's break these down. Number one, cash flow. Cash flow is the profit left over after all your expenses are paid for the month. So your operational expenses, you know, your utilities, your debt service, all that stuff. Whatever is left over beyond that is your your cash flow. And good real estate generates monthly cash flow. This is one of the things that's really great about it. Um, it's not going to be life-changing sums of money. Let's say we invest $100,000 into a building. It wouldn't be unreasonable to generate about a 10% cash-on-cash return per year. So what that means is per year on that $100,000, you'd probably be making about $10,000 of cash flow. And that's pretty good by comparison to what you could get in the stock market or anywhere else. Now, if you were just to look at, it at that one lens of like 10% cash on cash, that cash flow, yeah, sure, you could probably get better um, returns in the stock market in the short term, but that's only one of the ways that you make your money. And so that's just one, that's one part of the picture that makes up your whole return when it comes to investing in real estate. So let's just put a pin in that, boom, over here, cash flow, that's one side. Number two is um, the appreciation. And this is where real money is made when it comes to real estate. Appreciation, there's two forms of it. There's organic appreciation and there's market appreciation. Organic appreciation, I'm sorry, organic appreciation is market appreciation. And then there's also value add or forced appreciation. Okay, so organic appreciation is what happens when the market just gets better on its own. Doesn't, doesn't revolve around anything that you do. It's just you bought a building in a nice neighborhood, it gets more popular, people want to live there and your, your building gets more valuable as a result. Contrast that with forced appreciation, which means we go into our building, we improve it, we make it better, just like they do on HGTV. But then instead of selling it, you know, you still just keep the building. Well, I guess if you do sell the building, that's one way of extracting the equity uh, or the appreciation that's formed in there as you've made the building more valuable. Or you can do what we do at Invictus is we just refinance it. That means we take out a new loan for the new higher valuation, pay off the old loan, keep the difference. And so that's a way of extracting value in a non-taxable event, and we still get to own the only asset. So that's a little bit in the weeds. We'll talk about that particular um, vehicle in a future episode. But that's the second way. All right. So first we have cash flow. And second we have appreciation. Now, over the last couple of years, there's been a ton of organic market appreciation. That means buildings are just getting more valuable because they're harder to build than they are just to, to own. Right. So as a result, your returns on real estate tend to be looking really good these days if you're buying in good areas. And they're appreciating like a solid five to ten percent every single year, right? Now you add that on top of your cash on cash return. Now it's not a, it's not unlikely to see easily fifteen to twenty percent returns, and that starts to get into the realm where not even stocks can hit that consistently on a, a risk adjusted basis, right? So those are first two things: cash flow, appreciation. Number three is debt pay down. So as we own this building, we have a mortgage on it. We have residents in the building that are paying down our loan. They're paying their rent and a portion of that goes towards the debt payment, right? And a lot of that debt payment is interest, but a portion of it's principal. So over time, the longer that you own this, let's say you have a 30-year amortizing loan, that means in 30 years, your loan is going to be completely paid off. So if you bought a building for $2 million, if you just hold it for 30 years and do nothing else, your residents will pay the whole thing down and you will now own an asset with $2 million of, of equity inside of it. 
assuming it doesn't even appreciate, which if it does, maybe now it's worth three or $4 million, right? So now you're starting to see like these returns are getting crazy because one, we're getting the cash flow, the residual overflow of profits. Two, we're getting the appreciation and three, we're getting the debt pay down, right? So these three things combined start to, to push our returns well north of 20%, 30% in some cases. This is like really hard territory to match in any other investment vehicle. And the craziest thing about it is that it's doing it in a really low risk environment because one, when it comes to multifamily investments, there's a lot of stability just based off the fact that if we own a building with a hundred people living in it, one resident moving out doesn't affect the bottom line all that drastically. And then two housing is a basic human need. Like people need a place to live. And so even when things are expensive in life, like we still end up paying for a home. And if you can't afford to buy a home, you have to rent. And so there's just all these, these factors that lend itself towards um, multifamily always being a pretty stable risk adjusted return. So those are the first three. We got cash flow, got appreciation, got debt pay down. The the fourth way that we make money in real estate is through the tax benefits. And this this is really just for the American investors out there. I don't know foreign investment tax laws or anything like that. This is just for if you're investing in the United States. Um, the tax treatments here are incredibly favorable. There's only one or two other investment vehicles that are taxed more favorably than real estate. There's a lot of ways that this plays out. But when you hear stories of like former president Donald Trump not paying any taxes on like a billion dollars or whatever, he does that. Well, I don't know if he does that all legally, but like a, a large part of that is done through what's called depreciation, which is just a way of saying the IRS recognizes that our buildings are wearing out over time. They're becoming less valuable because they're getting older, which is funny because these buildings are that's a that's theoretic theoretically they're getting less valuable because they're getting older in reality they're getting more valuable because you know people still need a place to live the building is still there it's harder to build it's more expensive to build it than it is just for it to operate and so what that means is the the irs allows us to take um certain losses on our building and depreciate that or offset some uh offset our profits all that's to say is that when it comes to building wealth, it's not about what you make, it's about what you keep. And the biggest expense that any of us are going to pay in our lifetime are taxes. So anything that you can do to reduce your tax liability means more money into your pocket, which means more money out there working for you. And the longer that you can do that, the better off you're going to be. Now, this is not tax evasion. This is tax avoidance, right? Like this is tax mitigation. We're doing this all legally so that we can keep more of what we earned. And that's what the IRS wants you to do. Like IRS, the tax code is like 10,000 lines of very esoteric ways to reduce your tax bill. Very, very few lines in there are actually dedicated towards what you need to pay, right? Everything else is all about loopholes or strategies that you can employ to reduce your taxable liability. And last but not least, one of the ways that you can make money in real estate are fees. So if you're like us at Invictus Capital, what we do is we create what's called a syndicate. So a syndicate is a way of grouping a pool of investors together to collaborate our resources. And those resources are time, experience, and capital, right? And so at Invictus, we have the time, we have the experience, we know how to find the assets, we know how to acquire them, how to operate them profitably. And so we partner with limited partners who provide capital, and so the three groups together, we come together, we buy assets that maybe one individual could not afford to own, operate on their own, and we collectively do this, this deal. Um, at Invictus, we also put our own personal money into the deal. So it's not like we're just taking other people's money and deploying it. Like we're also putting our own money to work. But in this world, 
there are typically fees associated for what we do on the front end because with real estate, it's a get rich slowly but surely game. Typically takes many years to see the fruits of your labor really manifest in a meaningful, monetizable uh, way. And so fees are charged typically at the front end and throughout the deal as a way of keeping the lights on because we incur a lot of overhead costs of you know our staff, of our building, our softwares, our tax um, advisors, our legal advisors, all that stuff requires money. And so typically, if we go and acquire, say, a 50-unit building that's worth maybe $5 million, we're going to charge a 1% to 3% acquisition fee, which is you know a good chunk of change. But really, that's, that's the, the keep the lights on money for the next five to seven years of the deal. So it can look like a lot of money in some ways. But then in reality, um, you know, if, you're, if you were to take that dollar amount and divide it across to how long we're going to be holding the deal, it doesn't really work out to be life-changing sums of money. For us as GPs or operators on these deals, we tend to make all of our money or the big substantial money when there's an exit event, like a cash out refinance or we sell the building. So, But those are five ways that you can make money in real estate. You got cash flow, you got your appreciation, debt pay down, your tax benefits and fees. So I just wanted to share this with you guys because if you're new to real estate, like I was, like, you know, when I first started on this journey about a decade ago, like you'd have no clue. Like you just hear real estate and it's like kind of this big mystery box thing and it can feel very scary. And so hopefully this is sharing just a little bit of insight about like what makes it such an attractive vehicle for, you know, so many investors. Now, in future episodes, I'm going to talk about specifically how you can get started in real estate, whether you're a beginner um, that's, you know, making a little bit of money, or if you're young and you're like, oh, I want to set myself up for success over the next 20, 30 years. Or if you're further along in life, you're doing well, you're making good money, but you you want to do better, you want to invest better, but you don't necessarily want to go and own the real estate yourself and do the work and like deal with tenants and stuff like that. So we'll talk about that in future episodes. But I just wanted to share this with you guys because I think there's a lot of misinformation out there or mis, um, miscalibrated expectations around what you can do in real estate and how it works. So I'm going to try and do my best to start to demystify some of that in this podcast. So if you found this valuable, if you have questions, let me know. Find me on uh, Twitter at Anthony Vecino or on Instagram, the Anthony Vecino. Shoot me a DM. Let me know what your questions are and we'll try and hit them on future episodes. But until then, stay hyper-focused, my friend. Hey, real quick, guys, you already know I don't run any ads on this because I want to keep it like a really awesome listening experience for you. But I do have an ask. I'd love it if you could just help me spread the word so we can help more entrepreneurs, creatives and high performers just make more money with less stress and more fulfillment. So the best way that you can help me do that is by reading, reviewing and sharing this podcast. Like the single thing I ask of you is please just take 10 seconds to drop a review. Seriously, it would, it would mean the world to me. And more importantly, it may just help change somebody's life. So thank you, and let's get to the show.